How to Win at the Sport of Business by Mark Cuban. One sentence summary. How to Win at the Sport of Business is Mark Cuban's account of how he changed his mindset and attitude over the years to go from broke to billionaire and have you embrace the habits of a successful businessman or woman. My favorite quote from the author is, the sport of business is the ultimate competition. It's 7 times 24 times 365 forever. Mark Cuban Mark Cuban saw it coming. The dot-com bust, I mean. When he sold his second company, Broadcast.com, to Yahoo in 1999 for $5.7 billion, he anticipated that whatever he'd work on next would likely be non-internet related. He then diversified his wealth to avoid losing it from a crash and is since most notably known for owning the Dallas Mavericks and being a judge on Shark Tank. This ebook is a sort of manifesto he's written in 2011 to share his story and inspire other entrepreneurs to take a similar path and not get discouraged. Here are three lessons about the sport of business. 1. You can come back to your passions later. 2. Be okay with slow growth. 3. Hire people who are equally motivated. Ready to score a three-pointer? Time to shoot some business hoops. How to win at the sport of business. Lesson 1. Solve problems now, return to passions later. This answers the question, must I start a business about my passion? After being fired from his last job selling software, installing it and fixing up computers, Mark Cuban founded his own company, Microsolutions, to do the same. It was 1983, so everything computer-related was new and complicated. People needed help. Instead of fixating on his passion, Mark looked at the world with open eyes and solved the problem that needed to be solved. Only after selling this company in 1990 for $6 million, two of which went to Mark's bank account after taxes, did he look back into sports and then found a problem he could solve there, live streaming basketball matches. In turn, when he sold that company nine years later, he then bought an entire NBA team, which he now also runs as a business. The point is, don't obsess about turning your passion into your paycheck too early. Mark could have spent the rest of his life trying to become an NBA player or coach and not get anywhere. Instead, he asked, world, what do you need right now? And took care of that. You can always come back later and revisit old passions. How to win at the sport of business, lesson two. Learn to be okay with slow organic growth. This answers the question, if I want to become very rich, does my business need to grow fast? The day you borrow money is the worst day of your life. Those words always ring in my ears when I hear someone talk about venture capital and startup funding. They were said by Gary Vaynerchuk's dad to him, and if you want to own your business, be in control and prefer money over debt, then you should remember them too. Venture investors are sometimes called vulture investors for a reason. When you sell a piece of your business to them, they can take control of it, therefore taking control of you. They not only get to tell you what to do, but worse, if you don't deliver, you can even be pushed out of your own company. Ahem, <laughs> Steve Jobs. Growing organically takes time. It's not as fancy as going from 0 to 1 million in evaluation with a few investments, but it pays off in the long run. Learn to be okay with the slow organic growth, as it's much more stable and profitable. You'll also not have to justify your actions to anyone, and no one can tell you what to do with your business. 
How to win at the sport of business lesson 3. Only hire people who are as motivated as you are. This answers the question, when you start a company, who should you hire first? Mark started MicroSolutions with his friend Scott. Broadcast.com was started with another friend of his, Todd Wagner. The first few people you hire will make or break your company. Therefore, you'd better hire people who are just as motivated as you to get stuff done and move the company forward, not just collect a salary, do average work and go home. This goes really well with lesson 2 because if you restrict yourself to hiring really motivated people, you'll automatically grow slowly and allow all of your employees to develop the customer-centric approach your business needs to have to thrive and not just survive. Even when he was already a billionaire, Mark Cuban kept responding to customer complaints personally, which shows how deeply seated his motivation truly is. So don't settle for average employees. Hire people who are just as driven as you are. My personal takeaways from how to win at the sport of business for 2017. Okay, first of all, there's a couple, I think, prerequisites or or a couple yeah, limitations to this book. So first of all, Mark Cuban is a purebred entrepreneur. Like the guy could not breathe when he had a job because he lost tons of jobs before he started his own company because he could never get along with a boss, right? So he he was pretty much purebred entrepreneur, couldn't breathe in a normal job. So that's really important to keep in mind because if you're not a purebred entrepreneur like Mark already, then this book won't be as helpful for you as it is for someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, who also never really had a job in his life because they just couldn't take it. The second thing is that these are tactics and um, they don't necessarily have to work for you. You might be different. So don't take this book too literal. Think more about the philosophy and ideas behind it. Um, that said, let's walk through the lessons again. Solve problems now, return to passions later. So it really depends on what you want to do. But for example, let's say you are the purebred entrepreneur like Mark and you have a startup idea and you start it and you found it and so on, that idea will change over time anyways, right? Um, if it's a good idea and if it's if it's something, a problem people need help solving, then you will eventually get your payout. You will eventually make it if you, you know, like put in the work and keep adapting your idea and so on. So your original idea is never going to stay as it is anyway. In that case, um, you, your idea might be something that's totally unrelated at first to your passion. And then if you are the purebred entrepreneur type and you do well with that stuff, it's, it's much easier to return to it later once you have, I don't know, sold your company or you have it stable and you're not the CEO anymore, whatever that looks like. Then again, for not purebred entrepreneurs like me, it might be better to focus on passion first because um, but the rule still applies don't obsess about turning your passion to your paycheck too early that's the whole point right so if you wanted to start a podcast you could do that on the side of your full-time job and let it take all the time in the world until the podcast works and pays you enough money you, you can even say wait until it pays you a certain amount of money and then say then you will quit your job right and 
so someone like Mark Cuban who can do something with software and flip it and sell it and then own an entire NBA team is a feat that you might not be able to pull off. But if you still love basketball, you could start blogging about basketball on the side and do run a blog just about basketball eventually and sell basketball consulting or help companies who do basketball stuff market and make six figures that way, right? So it depends on your situation. Again, um, purebred entrepreneur versus not purebred entrepreneur. Second is learn to be okay with slow organic growth. Um, so I'm not sure. Let me actually try to see if I can find the timeline. Um, so he sold, Mark Cuban sold broadcast.com to Yahoo in 1999 for 5.7 billion, which was an insane evaluation, by the way, back then. That's almost 20 years ago. Um, so he sold it in 1999. He started Microsolutions in 1983. And he started broadcast.com. I think nine years after he founded Micro Solutions. Uh, oh yeah, 1990, then he started Broadcast.com. Yes, so it took about nine years to grow Broadcast.com to the point where he sold it, right? And the other company took seven years. So he spent seven years on one company, then nine companies, nine years on the next company, and he sold both of those. For for modern day startups, like think like twenty fourteen startups, that's pretty slow, right? Um, if you think about something like Snapchat that had a billion dollar valuation within I don't know two three years or so, Instagram sold to Facebook for one billion after five hundred days. That's one and a half years. Um, WhatsApp, I don't know how old WhatsApp was when it sold, like seven years eight years maybe i don't know maybe even less maybe even five and it sold for 18 billion to facebook right so these evaluations and time frames they get really crazy but we only see the survivors so we think oh like that's the norm that's not normal that's super not normal if you built a company for 10 15 or 20 years 20 years and sold it for a couple million that would be a huge success okay so slow growth organic growth don't give up equity um i mean there's a reason a guy like mark cuban sits there on shark tank and is the guy investing in companies because that's a really good business because if you invest in a hundred ideas that are already filtered and you know what you're doing you can be sure that one or two of them will go crazy maybe another eight nine of them will do fairly well and the rest is going to go to shit that's just gonna that's just how it is and for the investor guys that's a good model right because he can be tough on these guys and mark cuban is very tough on shark tank even you can see it in the questions he asked and stuff like that so they know what they're doing so for you on the other side if you're the guy sitting there running the business you might not need that one million dollars you might need that one million dollars if you're trying to go too crazy too fast but if but you don't need it if you're already selling stuff, because if you're already making money, you can grow from there. It just takes longer, and most people don't want to do that. But for most people, that is the right choice. I know I'm making that choice. I know I always will make that choice, and I'm pretty happy and pretty proud of it. And lastly, only hire people who are as motivated as you are. I have never hired a person in my life 
um, well I've gotten freelancers here and there that's not true but not a full-time person um, I've never hired a full-time person for something so I, I can't make up my mind because there's very very opposing advice right some say like hire all your friends some say never hire your friends um, Twitter had a huge problem with that right like they hired their friends and then they weren't friends and it was really complicated but I definitely get the motivational part right and it's very hard if you're super motivated super driven um, like me <laughs> recording this on a Sunday at almost 2 in the morning um, it's very hard to find people like that so for me it would be very hard to hire anyone even among my friends because I think there are very few people that are I have in my life that I know that are as driven as me so that's not easy um, but I think most most of the people listening to this you and I we don't have a hiring problem right now we have more of a doing problem um, so I would say we get on doing and then we worry about the hiring when we actually need to hope you enjoyed the summary I will see you on the next one and good luck with your business <laughs>